0: Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. Today we're in John 3 and uh, once again, John is full of just so many highlighted, impactful verses. Um, You have 316 and so many other topics, but... Before we get started, let's go ahead and open with prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you've done. I pray that as we go about reading this, and as we go about speaking to you and listening to you, that our hearts and our minds would be open to you, that you would be the one that we focus on, that our spirits would be totally in tune, totally submitted to you, and that we would hear your voice, that it wouldn't be anything I say, but it'd be you. I submit to you, I relinquish to you, all and everything regarding this discussion. And Father, I just thank you for the way you love us. I thank you you're not a mad God, you're not irritated with us, but that you recognize who we are because you built us, you made us, you created us, you're our creator, And you know our strengths and weaknesses, and you know where we fail and where we succeed. And I thank you that you love us and that you've got an unlimited amount of mercy for us. And that your mercy is what you want to show to us as long as we ask for your forgiveness and we believe in your son. So Father, I pray at this time that you'd be the one that we focus on and that you'd be honored. As we go through this reading, I lift up your words, I lift up your Bible verses, and I pray that you would be the one who speaks to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So before we get started, we're going to be in uh, chapter three, and we're going to go through verse by verse. And it's got a lot of incredible um, comments or sayings. It's actually mostly, it's at least half of it is read, where Jesus is talking to us. So, but before we go there, I wanna just read this quick comment from A.W. Tozer regarding basically chapter three. There is no other way to find an answer to the question, what is God like? And that is by illumination. The man of real faith believes the word, but has been illuminated so that he knows what the word means. That doesn't mean that he he's a better Bible teacher but it means that he has had the, what the Quakers call an opening. His heart has been opened to the word. The given revelation is a means towards an end. And God is the end, not the text itself. So as we read this, as we go through these verses, I just hope and pray that we'd be focused on God and not the readings, the text. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, you all know me. I'm a process guy. I want to say, read this, do this, do that, and all of a sudden I'm, I'll be like enlightened and God will be pleased with me. That's not the way it is. And that's why this is such a challenge for me. It's why I struggle every day to do His will because I want to do steps one, two, three, four, five. And He keeps telling me, just relax in me, just be in me, just trust in me. And I want to do this, this, and this, and this. So it's very challenging for me to relinquish those steps. And yet, that's what we need to do. That's what I need to do anyways. So with that, let's go ahead and read about... Chapter 3, verse 1. The heading in the NIV is, Jesus teaches Nicodemus. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are going that you are doing if God were not with him. So there's a couple things here that right off the bat that just strike me. And it's mostly because I've been doing reading before. Why is he coming at night? Why isn't he coming to the day, during the day? And why isn't he saying this in front of others, like in the synagogue? But he's not. He's kind of hiding. But remember, it's Nicodemus who's, I believe it's his tomb, where he lays Christ's body in it. And he shows his faith in him. He shows his commitment to him by giving up his tomb that he's had built for himself and his family, and he's had it. He gave it up for for Jesus, but he came to him initially at night because he was a man of great standing in the Jewish synagogue, and for him to come and say these things would be very challenging to the uh, to the other Pharisees and and whatnot. Yet he's saying. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. We know that you are a teacher who has come from God. So he knows that he's from God. And Jesus replied in verse 3, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So that's a verse that has has challenged people. It challenged me for a long time. kind of still does. But intellectually, I understand it. But I I initially would have the comment that Nicodemus had in verse 4. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb. So just real quick, I want to read what A.W. Tozer says about that. The great God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, said, This is my name throughout all generations, my memorial forever. I am who I am. I never was created, I was not made, I am. I made you for my love, I made you to worship, honor, and glorify me. I made you to love, I made you to love you, and hold you, and give myself to you. But you turned away from me, and you made yourself God, and put yourself on that throne. That is, sin. That's what the why the scripture says, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. You see, because ultimately at the end of the day, we've put ourselves on a throne. We turned away from God, Adam did, and turned away from him, rejected him, and put, us, put ourselves on the throne so that we serve ourselves. What does born again mean? Among other things, it means a renewal, a rebirth. But it also means getting off the throne and putting God back on it. It means that the self-existent one is recognized for who he is. Reverently and humbly, I kneel before his son, who died and rose and lives and pleads, and I say, O Lord Jesus, I give up. I'm no longer going to sit on the throne and run my own life. I'm no longer going to trust in my own righteousness, which is only a filthy rag. Gosh, don't I know that. I'm no longer going to believe in my good works or in my religious activities. Kind of like, hey, read this, do that, pray that way. Kind of what I like to do because I'm a process guy. I'm going to trust thee, the God of grace, the God who gave this thy son to die. And so the new birth takes place and I trust the Lord Jesus Christ, the man in the glory, my Savior and Lord. And thus I am saved. So all of that is really to say putting God back where he belongs, and that's on the throne. Taking ourselves off the throne, which is what sin is, and trusting in him, which is such a challenge for all of us, isn't it? It is for me. So going back to the verses, verse four, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered very truly. I say, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Again, we're spiritual beings, right? Because God made us in his image and he's So we're a spirit with a human body, but we have to remember we're spiritual. So we have to be born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. "'How can this be?' Nicodemus asked. "'You are Israel's teacher, "'and you do not understand these things,' Jesus said. "'Very truly I tell you, "'we speak of what we know, "'and we testify of what we have seen, "'but still you people do not accept our testimony. "'I have spoken to you of earthly things, "'and you do not believe. "'How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things?' No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Remember our discussion yesterday or in the previous chapter. God's abundance grace. He gave more than is ever needed. He doesn't just cover our our sins barely with an extremely thin layer of grace. He doesn't just give us enough just to cover that. And if we do any more, we're screwed. He gives abundantly. He gives enough and more because he's God and he's generous and he's full of grace. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved God darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. So it's, it's hard when we are told we're wrong and we're doing bad things. We don't like it. I don't like it. Hey, you, you screwed up over here. Don't do that anymore. That kind of hurts, right? We don't like to hear that. So when light comes in and it says, Hey, you're sinning, stop, or it just shines a light on it. Hey, check this out. It's like I was reading something and someone was saying some poor kid was on a plane with his phone and turbulence hit and it slid screen side up all the way down the aisle. And the poor kid had been looking at porn and he has porn running on his phone and everyone sees his porn going down the sc- down the aisle. There's an embarrassment there. There's a knowledge of of sin and he's embarrassed and he doesn't like it. It's the same thing when light comes into our life. When light comes into the world, it it shows our porn, it shows our sin, it shows our lies, it shows our who we are and what we're doing that's wrong. And people don't like that. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that they may see, be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing at Enon, near Salim because there was plenty of water and people were coming and being baptized. It's a pretty practical concept, right? Hey, there's water. Let's go baptize there because other places there's not verse 24. This was before John was put in prison. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. To this, John replied, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him, and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine, and it is now complete. He must become greater, I must become less. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth, and speaks as one from mm-hmm the earth the one who comes from heaven is above all he testifies to what he has seen and heard but no one accepts his testimony whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful for the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God for God gives the spirit without limit just like he gives grace without limit The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. So there's an awful lot here. There's a lot of meaning and issues and whatnot. So with that, I'm just going to leave it kind of where it stands and close us with a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word and thank you for your sacrifice and your grace and your mercy. I thank you for your love. And I just lift up this time, I lift up this day, and I just lift up our hearts and our spirits and our families and our friends, and I just pray you'd be the center of them all. I pray that we would bring you honor and glory and we'd grow closer to you. That we'd be able to rest in you and know that you are God. That we would take ourselves off our thrones and that we'd keep you on yours, where you belong. That we wouldn't go and focus on self and think the world revolves around our belly buttons, but that it revolves around you, because it does. So, Father, I thank you for your word, and I just pray our hearts and our minds and our spirits would be touched by it, and we'll grow closer to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a great day.